Ladies and gentlemen, it's another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Welcome back. I'm your host, Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career facilitator in the Louis Riel School Division in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. For our eight or nine listeners out there, one must be in some far exotic land like Russia or China or, I don't know, Mongolia, something like that. Wouldn't that be amazing? And we're broadcasting live from the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center, but we're not in the actual studio because that place is packed. The broadcast media program is the program that helps me run this podcast, and it's a program that is really one of the gems in the building. It's one of 13 programs in the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center for Applied Learning and Apprenticeship, but I have a special place in my heart for the broadcast media program because they provide me and supply me with two of their most outstanding students who produce this podcast, take care of it, edit it, help me put it online, and I'm so grateful to them. So we are blessed and happy to have Zoe Kruzek. How are you, Zoe? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Zoe, what have you been doing all week? Oh, what have I been doing all week? Um, Another crackerjack response from the broadcast yeah. media team. I like that. Now, um, you guys are working on projects here, haven't you? Uh, right now, we're working on creating um, publicity for like all the programs in the school. Oh, and that's, yeah, and yeah. that's one of the cool things. You, the nice thing about the broadcast media program and all the programs here is they're all real-life projects that impact on real lives and will make a difference. You can actually collect data about the kinds of things you're doing and the impact so you can see it directly. Most school doesn't do that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say that. Okay. And our other producer is the one, the only, Akira Sakaki. How are you, sir? And he's wearing his Yogi Bear outfit. Tell us about that. I like that. Um, you know what? I actually put this on, and I thought Mr. P is going to call me Chewbacca when I walk into the class, because that's what he does normally. You're my little boo-boo bear. Well, on, one of the, on one of the posters in our classroom, there was a person that was missing during their group photo, so they put Chewbacca in. What? Yeah, they photoshopped Chewbacca in, and I kind of feel like that, I'd be offended. Do you think I'm hairy? Is that what you're trying to say with this picture? So no, you just got a Yogi Bear outfit on. It's a big furry jacket, so... You're, uh, you're not my yogi. You're... It's from Garage, I won't lie. <laughs> it's nice. From Garage the store. Yeah, the, the, How... gar- the female apparel store, yeah. How trendy. Honestly, yeah. well, it doesn't look like a female jacket. Yeah, everything's kind of unisex today. I, yeah. I don't think it matters, right? People were like, where'd you get that jacket? I'm like, Garage. Hey, <laughs> it, it, a very important thing to talk about, though, before we get to our special guest, who is a very special guest, and I think this show's going to be a doozy. I think it may be the best one we've ever done. Anyway... Um, I, was, I started my Christmas watching yesterday, and not the Hallmarks. I love the Hallmark movies because I'm still one of those guys who thinks, gee, I wonder if they'll get together. It's a Hallmark movie. movie. They always get yeah, together. Always well, you know, they always start out hating each other, so you're never quite sure, are They're you? They're always filmed here, too. Did you know that? They're not well, always filmed them, here. Most yeah. of them are. A lot of them. A lot of them, yeah. And that's part of our great Manitoba film industry. I'm not sure everybody's aware of how prominent that industry is in Manitoba. But uh, we do have a footing because we give so many great subsidies to mm-hmm. the American film crews that come down. And we have such a highly trained uh, collection of workers who can do this work. So it, it's really, uh, really a feather in the cap of Manitoba that we draw so many American 
producers and so many American shows down here. It's really quite neat. But I watched my first Christmas show, and I, I like to watch them all. Like, I, I have a schedule. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1964 edition, with Burl Ives. You don't remember that guy. Have a holly jolly Christmas. That guy. There's a lot of those now. Yeah, there's, oh, a, there's a, of those Well, come on. But <laughs> Burl Ives was a, just an old sage of a, a crooner back in my day. And uh, he's the snowman who starts it off. But it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This is a classic with Herbie. And it's all about career development because Herbie's a, an elf in the shop who really wants to be a dentist, right? What? Yes, don't you know the story? You've never no. watched this? You what? have to watch this show. It moved me yesterday. It's an hour-long show. I'm sure you can stream it and find it. It was brilliant. And, of course, the Abominable Snowman's on it, Yukon Cornelius, and Rudolph. And, I mean, you can't even watch this show anymore because poor Rudolph is treated like a bag of dirt in this show. And that will hurt somebody's feelings if they watch it, right? So it's, you know, he's got a red nose and everybody shuns him. And then by the end, they figure out, oh, look at, look, look, val look at the value we can get from his red nose. We can, we can keep Christmas going. So it really isn't a great message, but it just, it warms me nevertheless. Because I used to watch it as a kid. So what's your Christmas gig? What are you going to be watching? Uh, whatever my mom has on the TV, because I'm not a huge Christmas person. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like that one. Uh, I think it's like Snow Miser and Heat Miser. You know what? Does what anyone know what I'm talking about? That? I've what heard it? this it's like song. It's like the I, but... Mr. Why, Chris. No, you don't? Okay. 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 Yeah, go go look it up. Trend with it. It's so funny. And you know what? I sit down. I get popcorn ready. I get snacks ready for Elf. I have to watch Elf and The Christmas Story. And It's a Wonderful Life. Have you seen this movie? It's a Wonderful Life? It's a black and white one. It's, oh. it's probably the greatest Christmas movie of all time, George Banks. Oh, I know what you're it. talking about, yep. Beautiful yep. movie. Or um, like um, that Christmas one, it's like, with there's a street in the So name. you guys really aren't into this. You don't, you're not waiting for these Christmas shows. I just can't wait. The Charlie Brown Christmas? You're not going to be watching that? That's one of the... I don't like Charlie Brown. I don't oh like Charlie gosh. Brown either. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even sure I want to continue. Any, let's, uh, I, think, I think we're going to raise the bar now with our special guest. Our special guest is a student from Collège Belliveau from last year, a graduate of 2021, Collège Belliveau, during COVID, which made it all the more difficult. So we'll ask about some of that too, graduating. You guys are going through that right now. My producers are going through that. We still have the COVID protocols. And I'd like to introduce you to Emma Honeybun. Emma, how are you? I'm all right. Thank all right. you for having me. Oh, what a pleasure to have you. And I think your name, Honeybun, is unbelievable. I thought Magnifico was the ultimate name, but now I've been usurped by Honey Bun. So now I acquiesce to your excellent name. Congratulations. Thank hey, you. Have you ever had any, has anyone ever had any fun with that name in, growing up? Um, I used to go to dance class when I was younger, and one girl there called me Honey Bunny, and it got on my nerves <laughs> so much. <laughs> I'd get pretty upset I, about I that. I can understand yeah, that. Too. No, that's what I mean. The name invites it. Like, I've had that Magnifico where they all think, I'm, oh, you must be brilliant. And, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of Your a name idiot. literally means Mr. Magnificent. Yeah, I know. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a hard name to live up to. You must have it. You have to say, well, yours is a cuddly kind of, you know, cushiony kind of name, right? It's a beautiful name. I love it. I love it. Where does that name come from? England. I have only one England English relative, my great-grandpa, the rest of my family is Ukrainian and French, but I have one English relative, so he is responsible for the rest of my family oh, being called that. Oh, that's amazing. You know what, and I'm thinking of the food you've been eating. So you, you eat lots of Ukrainian food? Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. must be awesome. Ukrainian food is unbelievable, you guys. The yeah. halabshi, the meatballs. I love going to a Ukrainian wedding. 
I, I'm, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat all night. And the food's spectacular, especially if it's made in the kitchen. Oh, my gosh. But then you go to England. I went to school in England for a little bit. Did you Sweet. actually? Yeah, yeah, in London and, and Durham and different places. Lucky. Yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky. But those were choices I made. That's what the, the whole podcast is about, right? Well, like, what did you make? What did you do? What, did you, what choices did you make? Why did you make those choices? And I, I thought the English food was awful. Like I, yeah. I, it, I shouldn't say awful. It was just kind of um, dry. It was boring. It's yeah. like gray and like, mushy. Well, it is a bit, and like everything was portage. stewed. Like all yeah. the vegetables were stewed all the time. I thought, how can you eat this in the cafeteria? I thought this should, should be students are eating in this cafeteria. How can you feed us? But that's okay. Yeah, well, cafeteria food is like never. Well, the food here. Let's talk about that. The yeah, food well, here is actually here, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we have a culinary program, Akira. Yes, well, it's a culinary what? program. That's right. Every school should have a culinary. And program. I went to school in Italy for a little bit too. That'd be good. In a town called Perugia, the cafeteria is unbelievable. So for my little food card, I was eating pasta. I was eating carne, which is meat. meat. And you guys would go, you know how you, you go to a, a tap to get a little water or a Coke? I could get wine. Did they actually give you that? It was, how it, old are you? I was, I was 20-something. Oh, never mind. I no, I was no, I was, yeah, I was 28, 29. Fantastic. Anyway, so Emma, it's not about us, it's about you. You came from College Belly Bowl. Now, how did we meet? Do you remember how we met? Like, I didn't know you existed until you were in the, in the Luriel School Division Skills Credential Program. Yeah. Right? I, so tell us about that and how you got involved in that. I, I think it was like, at first, it was a just, um, I forget the word, but I just dove right into it. Like, at that point, career-wise, I was kind of like, oh, I have this thing that I want to do. I really like drawing. Maybe I'll do that. I really like science. Maybe I'll do that. But I didn't have a correct path. So when they were advertising like skills credential over like the the announcement speaker thing, I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know if I'll do it, but that sounds cool. And then I guess the more I learned about it, I had a couple of friends going and do it too. And I was like, oh, why not? Like it's an extra credit. I'll just do that. I'm being honest. Like I just did it as like a, I was curious. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And it was, I love that. I, I joined a program which changed your life you'd say right yeah over the pa they just announced something over the pa everyone else is talking you're paying attention and you join this program which met at noon hours and the goal was to do a little more intensive career development right and to yeah. think about it so I, I i remember you saying to you you felt a little lost you had all these great options in your in, in your mind but you didn't quite know in what direction to go so you're coming into college belleville in those meetings and you did one of the big pieces of that credential is you have to do this big, long, and this is where I really met you. I met you because I did some of the workshops with your school, right? Did I come in a few times? Yes. Yeah. And then at the end, she had to do a credential and explain and talk about herself in this large career canvas that, that we've developed for, for the program. And that's when I met you and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing what you're doing here. Tell us about your canvas and that presentation and, how, and what you discovered about yourself in that canvas. Yeah, um, it was definitely an interesting process. Like, you don't really realize how hard it is to really talk about yourself <laughs> that much oh, yeah. until you're doing it. Like, I was, I was just like, oh, maybe I'll leave out this detail because it's embarrassing. Maybe I'll do this instead. But I was like, no, that's not me. So I kept in all the embarrassing stuff anyway. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck. But yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. <laughs> you know what? I love it. But you have to learn how to talk about the embarrassing stuff in yourself right. and turn it into... Uh, a really powerful part about yourself yeah. I, I, because I remember watching your presentation I loved it I just loved the nuances of it the fun of it the seriousness of it and then you started moving but what I really loved about it is how you talked about yourself keep talking about that because that, that was neat yeah um, I 
that's one thing I'm bad at, I think. So I was like kind of just going out, not on a limb, but like I was winging it a lot of the time. And I felt like I was doing a bad job because of that. But like it actually ended up making it really fun because I would like, I guess that's what it's about connecting all these dots. But I'd include things like whatever. I used to go on bike rides when I was younger and include things like, oh, I spend three hours at my desk, stuff like that, and how that kind of, like, plays into what I wanted to do, I guess. Like, I'm trying to think. No, well, it it really started connecting you to your interest in art and and journalism and the stuff you've chosen, right? Because you're a writer. Were you a writer in Belleville? Yeah, but... Um, at the time, I didn't think I was going to be that serious about it, but and, I was a writer for sure. Well, yeah. exactly. And you did that through English class, correct? Yeah. Was, was that pretty much the only place where you got to do that? Uh, not really, but the only place where I was actually serious about it. Like, I was right on. Yeah. into it, you know? Okay. So, the writing, and you also were doing things on the side, though. On the side, you weren't doing sports. You weren't playing chess in the chess club or doing those kind of things. You were doing, you draw? I draw quite a, lot? a bit. A lot. So where did that come from? <laughs> just like it used it was a hobby when I was younger and it just always stuck. Like I, I made comics until well like the past year because I don't have much time anymore. And I really yeah, I really thought that was gonna be where I was gonna go, but I guess it plays into it because a lot of the time art you don't think of it as kind of the same areas whatever writing journalism but it it really played into it i think oh how so that's pretty cool and i love that you're doing comics like what yeah. kind of comics did you draw like what were your topics and did you have characters and all those yeah oh i had so many characters so many that i like forgot about them i think i had like a notebook that had like over a hundred just little characters they were like dragons and like who's your favorite character um i had one he was like a pharmacist wolf guy with like crippling anxiety it was a very dark character but he's he has so this a is like spot. a breaking you're, you're writing a breaking bad kind of character no i think so i think it was like a breaking bad kind of thing grade eight breaking bad comic book uh, well done emma oh my god yeah you are dark i like that of course that that was a great serial now you you mentioned that this stuff connects right the writing and the art how did that kind of connect to your sensibility of your, where you should move or how you should gravitate next or what you should gravitate towards next? I think it all comes together, like the creativity aspect, because like what I'm doing now, it def- it's like, a, it's all creative. Like it's all like making those ideas and like implementing them the same way I would like with art or writing. But a part of that is that lots of people think that creativity is like a magical kind of thing that you're born with, but it's actually a muscle that you need to like drive into your head to get those ideas. And like, it's hard work. So I feel like that's, that's how it really ties together because I was doing that for fun and now I'm doing that for work and you can, there's a difference of course, but like at the same time, I think a lot I think the reason why I was prepared for what I'm doing right now is because I just did that constantly without that. Those were my breaks. So now that I'm doing it as like a work form, like a career option, it's definitely helped me a lot. Oh, Emma, that's I I think that's really powerful. Is there a sense that the well, when you talk creativity, you're talking about like 
working a muscle, right? Like working yeah. that sense in your brain. And it just doesn't come all the time. You have to practice it. Yeah. You know what? I was listening to a podcast and Jerry Seinfeld, you know who he is? The comedian. I love this guy. His show Seinfeld. And uh, he just said, the hard work he has to do, people think this thing comes to a comic. He goes up there. He said, it's practice. It is work and work. And every morning he gets up and works and practices and works bits and tries, to, and tries them out on people. Is there a sense that with your writing and with your art, when you show it to people, that was good? Or were you afraid to do that? Because that's what Seinfeld kind of said. He says, you got to show it to people. Otherwise, it doesn't get into the shape it needs to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was very much afraid of that. I think feedback is like the most helpful thing you're ever going to get because it's like real opinions from real people. But feedback right is on. also the scariest thing yes. ever. But it's, but is it absolutely, it's absolutely, absolutely necessary, right? Yeah. If it's going to get any good. What do you guys think of that? Um, yeah, I like feedback. I mean, if I do like, cause I'm a lot of like digital stuff, like after effects, like kind of like animation type things like that, I would say. So when I get like feedback from like a teacher or a fellow student, I normally try to take that into like consideration and how I can better the project or better what I'm doing. So I do really enjoy having feedback. It's important. Does me. it hurt to get feedback too? Oh yeah. 100%, oh, that, what, yeah. yeah. It can hurt. It can hurt. Like if it's not constructive, if it's just someone trying to put you down, then yeah, it sucks. But yeah, like, definitely. you know, I, I, I do appreciate feedback and I like when people can tell me like, oh, you can make it better by doing this. I take into account. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I do lots of projects and I always ask for feedback. And I just did a big project with another province I'm working on, uh, on some, some work that I'm, we're working in a collaboration about career development piece. And I did the first work and it came back to me and, um, they didn't like it at all. Aww. And, uh, but then I went, oh, okay. And, the, and they wrote down a few things about what they needed. I redid the whole thing. And so I'm waiting on the next series of feedback. And you know what? I love the feedback. As much as it hurts initially, you're right. You have to, there's a certain pain in, cre in creativity. You have to feel pain for me in, in the creative process. <laughs> Otherwise, it never shapes into what it has to be. Because if you're always happy about, oh, oh, look what I made. Oh, boy. If, I mean, if you're always happy like that, it really never takes off. You might get lucky, but really, feedback is so important. What a neat thing. So you've gone then, you're an artist, you're a thinker, you're a writer, you're a creative person, you, you're, you're open to the creative impulse, and then you applied for creative communications at Red River. Why did you do that? And how did you come upon creative? Most kids don't know that creative communications at Red River is a program. They don't. And did, did you, were you aware of it? I was aware of it. Like, I was aware of it pretty early on because I actually have a cousin who ah, was a student before me. Yes. And she was always talking about it. And she works in PR now, and which is, like, not the direction I'm going. But, like, it's very cool how it makes you a jack of all trades. Anyway, but, yeah, yes. I, yeah I learned it from her. And at the time, I wasn't, like... I didn't think I was going to go down that real. That's like a common theme. Like, I didn't think I was going to do this. But then as I learned more about myself, I realized, oh, maybe this is something that'll make me really happy. And I just impulsively go for it. And it turns out being like that, the well, best decision I, I've made. <laughs> and I always talk to students. We always talk in this podcast about students and people who are living their lives going, well, I took a shot at this. Turned out to be the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. And even when it's not exactly correct you're still going to what you're still going to 
take something from that experience about, I always talk about Spider-Man, right? What stuck to me and like what from that experience, even when it's not going well, something went well. I just have to open my brain and my heart to what went well here because every experience is an opportunity for learning and possibility. How do you feel about that? I completely agree. Like the application process, like getting into everything, like that was an experience all on its own. Yeah, creative communication. And these guys are in the broadcast media program, which is kind of a bit like the creative communication process, but our CreCom, we call it CreCom, right? Yeah. But CreCom's a little more all-encompassing, right? Oh, yeah. It's huge. It basically makes you a, um, a Swiss Army knife. Because oh, you're doing gosh. all these different things, like there's PR, advertising, media production, journalism, graphic design, like all that stuff. And eventually you choose your stream. But the first year is all about, basically, something my instructor said was that if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So the first semester is just like really teaching you how to like do all these things and not completely fall over and die. <laughs> <laughs> so the workload now you had to get in in a portfolio did you make yeah. a portfolio on your own what was the to get into this program they just won't let you in and there's a long no, waiting no. list to get into this program it's oh, hard yeah. to get into the, Red River it's hard to get into yeah. this this program in particular because I've, I've helped a lot of kids work on their portfolios so who did anyone help you in your portfolio yeah I had lots of proofreaders like I as far as the actual creative process went I did it on my own but like once I um, had everything written down. I think I sent it to like four different people, my cousin included, just to proofread and proofread because like things like like capitalization. What kinds of things are... were in there? What kinds of things were in your portfolio? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we had to do something for every class. They wouldn't tell us, of course, when you're making the portfolio, but it's after you finish, it's obvious. But we had to write about an advertisement so they know you have a pretty good like sense of what it's all about. You need to write about journalism ethics. Um, I had to write a short story for Writer's Craft. Um, I, had to, it was, I had to do a personality profile, so going out and interviewing someone. And I had to create a resume and a cover letter sort of deal. Like, yes, yeah. about, about why you wanted to apply for yeah. that and, and, and what you brought to the program. Yeah. So that's daunting. And then the canvas that you did must have been helpful because oh, it, yeah. it put in perspective how to talk about yourself yeah. and how to choose the experiences. Because we always talk in this program about, in this podcast, about got to collect those dots. You're talking about connecting them. They're asking you to collect them first and then in those, in those dots start putting them together. So now that you're in the program, is it the right place for you? I think so. Why? I, I went in thinking about media, but journalism, it's insanely cool and insanely what I want to do like it's such a good blend of like being a real person out in the world and talking to people and understanding people and then explaining things and like I know there's a big stigma around journalism but like it's it's all about just being transparent being a person for the people sort of thing it's just about meeting like being part of the community and being a voice, I guess, for it. And it makes me very happy, and I want to pursue that. That's awesome. So you'd like to, be a, you'd like to have an impact in the community? You'd like to be a journalist that's, that's sharing and impacting on the community based yeah. on what they know? 
Are there other kinds of journalism that connect to you in this program so far? Like, what are you beginning to... You said you choose your path, right? What are you meandering towards? Just the writing part of it and the journalism? Or are there other parts of the other parts you're doing that you're thinking, I kind of like that too? Oh, yeah. Like, um, in media production, you learn a lot about, like, just... Like, what I guess you guys do here, like, about being behind the camera, about broadcasting, all that sorts of thing all those sorts of things. So that's definitely interested me too, like being a video journalism using the creative parts of both medium to kind of bring it together and Yes. Yeah. Is that what you guys like about this program? Like you're pretty much video editors a lot of the time, but you're also broadcast announcers. They do football games. They'll stream football games and run awesome. across the field with the cameras and <laughs> yeah. and be in the booth and do play by play and do all those kinds of things. And you were out in the field, you talked about this. You were out in the field during the our first winter snow for, storm. She was out running with the camera so in the funny. cold. She yeah. like, there's pictures of her on CTV. Just there, there is. Yeah. Yeah. That so is funny. admirable. <laughs> well, but I, I remember you said in another podcast how much fun it was. You didn't even yeah. feel like yeah, the cold, right? Yeah, it was right? so much fun. It is actually so much fun. So are you doing a lot of hands-on stuff right now? These guys are hands-on. Yeah. These two producers. Are you doing lots of hands-on work in studios and stuff or getting out in the field? or Right now, are you pretty much now just learning the ropes and you're going to do that in the next semester? It's a blend. It's we're we're pretty much learning the ropes right now, but in journalism in particular, we've been going out and like we did a streeter where you just basically go out and interview people on the street, which was crazy and scary, like, but also like so just fun. Uh, ju just quickly like a Jimmy Kimmel thing. Yeah, we, we like, do that actually. We've done multiple. Yeah, we've done that. Cool. Like, yeah, they are kind of. You know what? It's because you don't know what to expect from the people's answers. Oh yeah. And like a lot of people turn you away. So the thing is, you can't ask them if they have time. I guess that's the piece of advice Mr. P gave us. Yeah. So you can't ask them if they have the time. You just have to go You just right have to yell there. at them and ask them the question. I've and they're that. like, their brain automatically will answer yeah. it because it kind of like short circuits. But if you ask them, they'll always turn you away. I actually chased someone down the sidewalk. I was so funny. That. I was there and I saw her run like a block just to ask this person. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I can see you guys doing that. So you're kind of in the same field. Yours a little more. Yours a little more detailed, and and they're building more more nuance and and specific skill sets around this. Like you guys have said to me, not heavy into writing. You got to write in this thing, right? In your yeah. gig, you got to write, and yeah, writing's like a, a key component of it. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 about writing first and foremost, but it's also about writing fast and still having a good quality of work. Yes. For the deadline, like the first streeter we did, I think we started at one and it was due at six, and it was going out, interviewing five or so people, getting their names and answers and getting those notes, and then writing a story from what you got from people, and then it was due at six. And that was insane, but it, it really... But you got it yeah. done, right? Yeah. You got it done. And that's the beauty of a deadline, and that's what you guys are learning, right, too. Things got to get done. You can't not show up to the football field while we're streaming. You have to be there, and you got to get this stuff done. And I'm looking at Akira. I'd like to point out that they're all staring at me right now. <laughs> okay. Akira sometimes has trouble with some of the deadlines, but you know what? In the end, he gets it done, so I'm always proud of Akira. I was saying I'm very go with the flow, and it's kind of an issue. That's good. So in, like, in your family, you feel like you have a supportive family life at home and all that kind of stuff, and, and they're always in your court, and they're always pushing you to succeed, or what's it been like growing up as a kid? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. My family, like, I think I'm the only person in my family who's really creative in this way. Not that I'm, 
if my family's listening, it's not that you're not creative, but like, <laughs> like my brother's into sports, my dad's a carpenter, and my mom works in um, at Wallanisa, and it's like, oh, those are all creative yeah, jobs. Yeah, they they are. Are brilliantly creative. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like the writing and the drawing, I guess. So yes, yes. Growing up, like I was artistic. You're a little more artistic, yeah. Right? Yeah. And growing up, like they were always super supportive. It wasn't always. They didn't always like get it. They didn't always get why I was drawing like yes. strange things all the time and writing about like weird character, like Breaking Bad comic books stuff like that. But they've always <laughs> been like, super supportive and like. All throughout my application process, it was all confidence, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm super grateful for that because. Oh, that's yeah, awesome! Yeah. So your family helped build that foundation of you can do this. Just keep plugging away, and and we're we've we've got your back. Yeah. That's a great feeling. That's a great feeling. So now there's another program. In fact, in the, in the CreeCom, you've chosen the Red River. I mean, some people can go into CreeCom, start at the University of Winnipeg, and kind of get a dual thing, right? You can get an arts degree along with the CreeCon diploma. It takes, I mean, it's probably four or five years. Yours is a two-year program? Yeah. And you, you can get right into the field. Are you prepared to be working in a little town called Bunyok somewhere, running a, working in the newsroom in a rural part of this Canada or Manitoba? Honestly, if you had asked me that before I was in this program, I would have said, no, that's scary. But, like, on it, that would be pretty cool. Oh, I, right I would on. like to work in a little just... Yeah, just out in the field in a mountain somewhere with a microphone. That that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like uh, like the abominable snowman. Yeah, that's what it is. It's beautiful. I want to interview the abominable snowman, make a profile on him. There you go. The or Superman in his fortress of solitude. Yeah. Like we have all kinds of possibilities here. Batman in the Batcave. Anywhere else? Um, Look at these guys. Anyway, that's awesome. So you just you're getting excited by life and all these possibilities now, aren't you? Yeah. And just seeing what it holds and how you can shape them. Yeah. How I can, like, actually go out there and experience things and meet people and talk to people who I would never talk to. And just you never wanted like, to do that, though. Yeah. In school, it's so like, weird. you never wanted to do that. You were, and that's part of the, part of the interesting aspect of the surreal high school experience, right? You're cloistered in this building with your supportive friends and with your teachers. And when you go out, it's going to just completely change. So yeah. you were like this, and now you're like this. What do you think brought it on? Just necessity or just, oh, my gosh, why aren't, what's happening here? I think it was a matter of stepping outside of my own kind of comfort space. Because all throughout high school, I, I will beat myself up over this. I was not a social person. I was like the, I was like negatively antisocial, I think, sometimes. And now, because I was scared of it, I guess, and... Now that I actually like, I, even if I'm scared of it, I'm still gonna do this. Now that I need to do it, I'm I'm finding that I enjoy I'm enjoying like going out talking. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was the same way. Like at normal high school, I was like an introverted person. Like I wouldn't really talk to anyone except my best friend. And now that I've come here, like I talk to a lot more people, and I'm a lot more confident in just being with people in general. It's great. And I love that. And you know what, Zoe? You would have never said that at the beginning of this no, podcast. I would not have. Like, she's come so far, uh, being a high school student. Akira, you're just a yapstick, and you're just amazing when you talk to people and you bring people in and you're, you connect with people. I think because you always bring the McDonald's food. I don't know where, how you, you continue to eat. I've never seen a guy eat McDonald's food like this guy. It's frightening. So unhealthy. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, 
this just kind of this program's kind of fueled what I've already always had. I've always like fed off of people's energy kind of like I'm a yes. huge introverted person, always always have been. And like just being here and like getting to work like in a group like on team broadcast, that just kind of like feeds the energy of introverts, extroverts. Brought extrovert. the social person yeah, out of you. More than it already has, like more than I've already been, so it's good. <laughs> oh, I, I I like that. So if you were to talk, think about this. If you were to talk to a group of grade 9, 10, 11, or 12 students, let's say 11 and 12, and you said, you know what, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to give you a little piece of advice, cheap advice. What would you say to them? Whatever you think you can't do. Oh, that's cheesy as heck. Oh, I like that. No, no, <laughs> we, we, we love the Hallmark. I just, you know what, and I also love the Hallmark movie. I was talking to my group here. I love Hallmark movies only because I get it. I don't know how they're going to end. Okay. How do you not know how they're going to end? I just love it. They I love Hallmark movies. They end the same. You know what? But if you, if you watch the beginning of those Hallmark movies. You're the kind of guy. They're who always watch, fighting. And you're you think, the kind are of they going to get together? You're the guy who watches Romeo and Juliet like a hundred times, hoping that every time it ends differently. Yeah. You know, I, you're that kind of guy. No, no. I, I taught it. I, I know how it ends. But yeah, Are you I, sure? Yeah, yeah he dreams, he wishes that it doesn't end that way. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm just a little wistful thinking, thinker and just love the world and want things to turn out just right all the time. Just, <laughs> just like in a Hallmark movie. Anyway, I, I, I'm wishing for a Hallmark sweater for Christmas. What's a Hallmark? Is that one of those like, like gross Christmas sweaters? Yeah, Christmas sweaters. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for one of those. The ugly ones? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, now that we're back to your statement, it's not as hallmarky as you think. That's awesome. Go ahead. Okay. okay, so coming from my personal experience, whatever you think you can't do and what you're super worried about failing at, but you do want to do, you need to pursue that more than the things that you think are easy or the things that you think would come naturally to you because that means you really care about it if you're super scared of failing at that one thing. Well so, said. Yeah. That's really thank good, you. actually. Wow. Just like pursue that. That's amazing. So it's all, are you saying pursue the hard stuff? Pursue the hard stuff. Always go for the hard stuff first because if you don't and you go the easy way, you're going to regret that. But so kids much. do that in high school, don't they? They'll gravitate. Yeah. And I said this to kids, well, and students I've taught for a, for a lot of years and just said, look, you don't come to high school to learn what you already learn. Right. You come to high school to learn what you don't learn and to build what is in you but hasn't been developed that well so if it's confidence or if it's talking in front of people that's what we do but kids will avoid that stuff like the plague won't they like they they just will like uh, i just don't want to do that it makes me feel uncomfortable so you're saying get uncomfortable yeah get uncomfortable get uncomfortable get it like feel the pain yeah i use no the pain no gain take me to the mountain yeah all the way <laughs> take me to the mountain uh, bring yeah. it home but, yeah that's like go a, for it just do it. Just do it, baby. That's what you got. Anyway, no, I, I think that's really, that, that's really apt and smart. It's those things that are important to you take a little pain. Yeah. And if you're going to get good at them, because you're probably good at them, they just take a little struggle. It's the struggle that turns you into the person who seeks challenge and opportunity and problems to solve. I think in life you ought to be looking at problems to solve. I think when you become a reporter... In your life, what what do you see you, you need to you you'd like to problem solve in the world? Um, I think close things because I don't want to go out and like say, oh, I'm going to change the world with my reporting skill because that's not going to happen. Just things like it might. 
Oh, Believe in knows? yourself. <laughs> yeah. go. You're so the hard stuff. The hard stuff. That that's a long term okay, goal. Okay, that, that's a real hard one. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we don't want to get too hard. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, just things that you wouldn't hear, like you don't hear often enough. Like I really want to focus on indigenous issues in Winnipeg and awesome. like yeah, domestic issues in Winnipeg. Just things like that, and just things that I feel should be talked about in a way that is mature and educational and not in a way that is like breaking news this is terrible you know that's yes sort of yes yes yeah and so so, so do you volunteer in places yet like uh, these are things you have to figure out but for example the indigenous issues are awesome like that's something or poverty in our city are you volunteering anywhere or is that something you want to do down the road like to immerse yourself in those spaces to really get the sense of what the story is here yeah, um, I haven't yet, but that's definitely something I do want to do down the road. And that's something we do in the program, too. Yes, so, yeah. yes. And that's the only way you really get in touch with the story, correct? Right, like to yeah. really, to, to go with the people in the story and immerse yourself in that story. I yeah. know I, I write from time to time, and the only way I get to know a story is to have the long conversation. And sometimes when I write, I have to go take that karate class if I'm writing about the karate class. And I've done that before. And it's, uh, or, or part participate in this activity if I'm going to write about it because it gives the writing more 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 nuance and more relevance and more believability when yeah. you feel the pain of your audience a little bit yeah exactly you like know? it's the same half of it's being there like yes. if I'm not there what's the difference between writing something downtown writing something happening like on the other side of the world like you need to be there you need to talk to people that's the number one thing and you need to like not be biased obviously but like there's got to be a human aspect to it so you actually know what you're writing about and experience that firsthand because if you don't like you're basically it's it's not the same as writing fiction but like to you it's not real yet. yes yes right on oh gosh you're so intelligent <laughs> But you know what? We're going to take you away from that intelligence space and bring you to the whip it round. Oh, okay. yeah. Here it is. Yeah, right. you ready? ready? No. <laughs> you guys are ready. Now, this is a round we do where we just, you have to answer quickly. I'm going to turn it over to these esteemed individuals here. And they're just going to ask you questions. The answers are not ones you take a lot of time thinking about. We've had some people discuss the answers. It's yeah. Not, that's not the way we want it to go. It's a whip around. The whip around means like it's a crack of a whip. Okay, that's how quick the answer's got to come. So okay. I'm going to turn it over to our, our leader in this round, who is Zoe. Yeah. And she shall take you through. And I'll be honest, it's been lame most of the time. It's going to so, be lame. It's so, not it's, lame. It's, it's, I promise so, you it'll so be lame. Trying, we are trying to upgrade the Whip It round. I challenge them every time. Let's see what the questions are this time. And let's it. see how it goes. Zoe, the floor is yours. Yeah. First off, I'd like to note that Akira looks panicky right now. You know what? It's because I get, I listen to, I'm like listening. There, throughout this whole thing, I'm trying to be here, but at the same time, I'm like, what can I ask her? And I never get anything, ever. I don't know how Zoe gets all these questions. Well, well you know why she does? Because she actually has a notebook. I have a notepad. Yeah, notepad. But you hey, know what? That doesn't count. Well, okay. It's on C your phone. Come on, Yogi Bear. You're ready. Are you ready? Are we ready? Yeah. All right, are you, Zoe. Are you ready? Uh, sure. All right, so yeah, I'll ask the first few questions. And then Akira will hopefully ask the next set of questions afterwards. <laughs> if she got eight questions. I have, I have more than that. Shush. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll start with coffee or tea? Coffee. Ninjas or pirates? Pirates. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Uh, fake Christmas tree or real tree? Real. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Elf. 
Uh, what's worse, laundry or dishes? Laundry. And your favorite, do you, uh, sorry, do you like writing or watching TV better? Writing, both. S- sweet or salty? Sweet. Messy or clean desk? Messy, honestly. Winter or summer? Winter. Oh, uh, both. I get, I'm failing. <laughs> and that's the whip it round. I don't oh. know how you got so many questions, Zoe. Well, you I wrote what? them earlier okay, in the this, day. You a cheater. No, she's not <laughs> cheating. She's actually preparing for the whip it round, Akira. So that's what you do when you prepare. What does ninjas and pirates have, have to do with what we questions. just talked about? I, I'm sorry you had to hear this, Emma. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about this at another time. But that's Akira. Thank you, Zoe, for that excellent preparation. You're I, welcome. I'm just so pleased. And Akira, thanks you for trying again, as usual. Um, <laughs> but that was good. And we learned a little more about you. What do you like to put in your toast? Honestly, cream cheese. Cream, cream cheese. cheese. There you go. So I added a piece to Akira's whip it, whip Thank it round. You. And you just got <laughs> whooped. In the end, you got whooped. That's what we say. You got whooped in the whip it round. Yeah. Okay. So, Emma, that was fun. I hope you had some fun here today. Yeah, thank you. I, I did for sure. And, and for doing this, of course, you get the, uh, the cool mug. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. of course, she gets the Adventures in Careerland sweatshirt, which of I'm about much. to give her. It's just going to be an awesome thing. She'll Thank wear it around you. the Christmas tree. And, of course, you didn't ask her in the whip around. What's your favorite podcast, Emma? I... Um... Emma, are you answering the, oh, the, the right question here? Is look it, at his sweatshirt. Do you, do you understand what the question is? Oh, What's your favorite I was podcast? just ki- I was kidding. Of Adventures course, in Careerland, yeah. Adventures obviously. in Careerland. There you go. Emma's <laughs> thinking about it. Well, I have a lot of podcasts. Oh, mm. Emma, you don't get the sweatshirt without, without saying the right thing. Anyway, you did. That was excellent. So, ladies and gentlemen, how proud we were to finish another edition of Adventures in Careerland. And that was, hey, session number nine of this season three. So, how happy we are to do this. We're getting into the Christmas season. Hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone takes care of themselves. And I hope everyone is having a holly jolly holiday season so far. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for another episode of Adventures in Careerland. Mm-hmm.